This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. It is Monday night at eight p.m. and you know what that means? That means it's time for donuts and dynamite right here at the AM eleven seventy KCBQ studios. And sharing the hour with me, or two hours with me. On this block is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks Todd. We We're, are Americans. Yeah. Was that Ronnie? Yeah, good old Ronald. Yeah, I thought I recognized the great man. Hey, there's lots of different ways to be a part of the show tonight. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm trying to get a little bit more active in Twitter. It's not really my main thing, you know, because you're so limited there with what you can say. And, you know, I kind of like to talk. So, you know, Facebook is, is my thing. I'm, I tend to fluctuate by being maxed out on friends. So I'm also trying to get a little bit more active on my fan page. It's even weird for me to say I got a fan page. It sounds so like uppity all about myself. But anyway, I do have it. And <clears throat> and also message me. You know, a lot of people are starting to message me through Facebook, particularly with topic ideas and show ideas and articles and links. In fact, that's one way that uh, uh, some of the content that I've gotten for tonight's show was provided to me by, you know, friend and, and show producers who are my buddies out there, as well as just people sending me articles and, and ideas. So that's just the best way um, for me to um, <clears throat> stay connected with you guys and do shows that have content that means something to you. I have been talking for a long time since one of the main reasons why I started to do my own show was because of my concerns and my passion about speaking out against the enemy that we face in terms of radical Islam. I first became, like so many Americans, interested and fascinated with this, this enemy that we face when Americans were held hostage for 444 days by the same ideology that's trying to come here in the form of a refugee or a refugee hottest, as some people say. But we have gotten to a place and I've been talking about this for a while now um, in terms of like last week when I when I did my blog post and my open last week, Je suis American, I talked about the fact that Americans, you know, we had the slogan, never forget, and how far we've forgotten to where we've forgotten so much about 9-11, about the enemy that we face, that we actually elected a president who swore to stand with the Muslims should the winds shift in an ugly direction. That was last week. Well, this week it's become apparent that it's even worse than what I thought last week, because now we've become a nation that is defending the very ideology that took those Twin Towers down. And there's a reason for that. And it's an insidious reason for it. And it's because our government and particularly the left is is now using the same shame game tactics involving radical Islam, just like they did with immigration. You know the shame game of the left. They want to tell you that if you want to enforce immigration laws, you hate brown people. If you want women to have to pay for their own birth control, you hate women. You know, it's always the shame game of political correctness. And now that's the same game that they're playing in order to justify... The partnering that's been going on that I've been talking about between the left and the Islamo-Marxist. And it's gotten to where it's worked so much to where they're telling people that 
to to acknowledge that the enemy that we face is connected to the quote religion of Islam, that to acknowledge that makes you a racist and a bigot. And 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 it's gotten to where Americans are more fearful. Americans are more fearful of being called a racist or a bigot than they are of the terrorist threat that they face. Which to me just shows how incredibly manipulated and emotionally abused the American people have become for that to be happening. And it's worked really successfully. It's, it's gone from, now when 9-11 first happened, um, and after 9-11, I don't know if you guys remember, remember when Bill O'Reilly went on The View, and he said that there was a problem in Islam, and they got up and walked out on him. And he said, oh, you know, you know, I've always make it clear. I always point out that, you know, it's not all of Islam. You know, you got to couch. If you're going to talk about Islamic terror, you got to couch it and say radical Islam. Well, now we've gotten to a place to where you can't even say that anymore. The Democrat Party has come out with a commercial, and I want Todd to play a clip of it for you. We are at war with radical Islam. Radical Islamic terrorism. You do have a problem with radical Muslims. Radical Islamic jihadists. Radical Islamic terrorism. We do not fight against Islam. We fight against evil. The war against terrorism is not a war against Muslims, nor is it a war against Arabs. It's a war against evil people who conduct crimes against innocent people. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. Now, the reason why they juxtaposed the current crop of presidential candidates with Bush is because they are trying to use the Republican Party, it's exploitation, they're trying to use President Bush as a way to shame the current crop of presidential candidates because they want Americans to deny what they see with their own eyes. That the threat that we face is radical Islam. In fact, I say it's Islam itself because I agree with Bridget Gabriel that are there moderate Muslims? Yeah, but you know what? They're completely irrelevant. They don't because they're are they is my next door neighbor, the retired anesthesiologist. Is is he a threat and a problem? No, but you know what? He's not a part of the solution either. And what I really hope to get Americans to understand is we should know we should not be fear mongering that, you know, um, to a certain extent, to where we literally are assaulting any woman that we see on the street wearing a you know, hijab. But at the same time, we should not be allowing anybody to control us through mind games of manipulation to try to tell us that there's not a problem with Islam. And what we really need to do is we need to find some elected officials who are going to be willing to declare that it's not a religion, but it is a political ideology, because that's the gotcha question. It's kind of like... This is the new gotcha question where it used to be uh, the gotcha question for the Republicans was, do you uh, are, are you for exceptions for abortion for women who have been raped in incest? Now the gotcha question is, do you think that all Muslims are bad and evil? What I have been accused of being just, you know, a right wing nut job. I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. And one of the things I criticized President Bush for after 9-11 was exactly what you heard in that commercial. He himself refused to acknowledge that there was a problem with Islam. We cannot solve a problem if we can't acknowledge it. And the American people need to stop allowing themselves to be bullied into submission through the shame game. It's not fear mongering to say to the American people there's a for the Republican Party and the candidates to say there's a problem in Islam 
They are radical, and we got to, we got to, and I agree with Trump, and I've got somebody coming up who's going to talk, uh, Gerard Lamero, who's written a great blog piece, and, and he's got a book coming out about the 20, 2016 presidential election. And, you know, Trump, one of the reasons why he's resonating is because he does not allow them to bully him, the media, or anybody else to bully him into submission about any of the issues of the day. And this is this is we have a president who's bringing 100,000 at least men, militant men from an ISIS infest, infested region here into this country. And God bless Trump for not being a, allowed to be bullied into submission. And same thing with Ted Cruz. So it's not the Republican Party that's fear mongering. It's the left. The left is always fear mongering and saying, oh, women, you know, the Republican Party wants to deny you birth control. It's always, you know, the the left that wants to fear monger over over the Second Amendment as though my gun is just going to somehow pick itself up during the night and shoot me in the head with it. You know, that's the game that they play. It's always about projection. Whatever they're accusing you of is what they're currently engaged in. So I got to take a break. We come back. I'm going to talk to Gerard Lamero about this issue as well as the 2016 presidential election when we come back hey don't change that dial this is the andrea k show right here on am 1170 the answer be sure to follow andrea k on twitter at andrea k show and follow her on facebook and like her fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e want to start living better longer la vida compounding pharmacy can help Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657333. Miramar Kitchen and Bath. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I was talking, getting into this, the concept of fear and fear mongering. And the use of fear in the form of manipulation by the left. They've got an ad running right now. Inciting fear isn't presidential. Well, you know what's not presidential? Inviting people to come into this country who want to destroy us from from within. That's not presidential. It's certainly not presidential for President Obama to mock Republicans with this, oh, oh, Republicans are just scared of orphans. Well, you know what? Maybe we should be scared of children when ISIS has had... uh, loaded up 18 baby dolls that were found by the Iraqi police force that they had put bombs inside of. You know, we're dealing with an enemy that literally will use children 
as suicide bombers. So yeah, maybe we should be scared of them. But you know what? That's the same kind of crappy, like I was saying before the break, it's the same kind of crappy shame game that they always play. That's just like telling us that if, if anybody's for traditional marriage, that you, you just you just must be not know any gay people. You just must be scared of gay people. Well, you know what? You know who's scared of the Muslims? The Christians who are being slaughtered and hung and destroyed. I bet they were scared when they were marched down a beach and shot or, or beheaded. Yeah, you know what? Maybe since Obama's doing nothing to bring them here, maybe Obama, maybe somebody needs to ask him if he's scared of Christians. You know, he claims to be one, but yet he certainly doesn't want to bump up against any unless he has to. And he's certainly not doing anything to bring them here. But I tell you who's being honest about it, who's not allowing himself to be bullied with a political correctness stick, and that's Trump as well as Cruz. I predicted very early on, I said to Craig Sewing on his show here, I said, you know who I'm, I'm thinking is going to end up with the ticket? And it's Trump Cruz. He was like, no, baby, that ain't happening. Well, you know what? I read a blog post written by Gerard Lamero, and he kind of said it the... It's kind of down to two people, and he's kind of thinking it may be Trump Cruz. Gerard, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Oh, it's great to be with you. You're well known. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks. Um, so you're kind of agreeing with me on the Trump Cruz thing, right? Yeah, I, I am. Of course, I follow the election very, very closely. I have a new book that goes into printing uh, probably next week and will be out uh, the first week in January on the election. And it's an exciting book, so keep your eye out for it. Uh, I've been writing about it uh, and talking on the radio all over the country this year. And the last few weeks, Donald Trump, Ben Carson, Marco Rubio, and Ted Cruz, as you know, have been the top four in in most every poll. And uh, there's been a big change, though, in the last few days. And that's why I wrote this particular article. And the big change is what happened in Paris. It shook Paris, it shook France, it shook Europe, and it shook the American voters because now they perceive terrorism as a real threat to our homeland and they are really upset and the polls are changing rather rapidly Uh, one thing is Ben Carson had kind of I like Ben Carson I've met him and he's a very nice gentleman but he had a wishy-washy answer like well I'm going to ask all you know they asked him what are you going to do and he said well I'm going to ask France's friends to help them out. Well, that's kind of like, you know, that doesn't seem like a leader. And boy, he started dropping like you wouldn't believe. And now in Iowa, we've got Trump number one, we've got Cruz number two. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, another thing that's happened just in the last few days, Donald Trump has shot up. He has gone up in the polls. Now, let me ask you this, because, you know, when this happened in Paris, the predictions from a lot of the people were, well, you know, Trump's out now. We can't go with an outsider because you look at the threat that we face. This is going to sink Trump because he doesn't have any foreign policy experience beyond maybe building a building over in in Dubai. But it's been the reverse. I say it's because the the, like you said, the American people, it, it was a reminder you know, we, we get so busy in our lives. 9-11, what happened was so long ago, Gerard, that, you know, people, you know, ha- had really forgotten about it until this happened. And then it really started hitting home again. And they are looking for somebody that they perceive is going to be tough. And I, 
Trump. You're right. Whether you. You're right. And, they, they no longer want a progressive or a socialist who is soft on terror. They are afraid for their homeland. They're afraid that if they go to a big city, they may get blown up. They don't know if something's going to happen at a local mall. Right. We just don't know where these terrorists are going to attack. And we've been told that they're in at least 15 states. We know that there's been over 70 terrorist incidents in the United States uh, that's being tracked by some people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, people are concerned. They don't want somebody fooling around with this. And, oh, yeah, let's have a big heart and let all these people right. in. Well, don't forget, 70 percent of them are military-aged mm-hmm. young men who are healthy, and they're not like starving orphans. I mean, no, these are women and children. This, this is this is an ideology that, that stones women for being rape victims and and turns nine-year-old girls over to brides. You think you, you they're these are men that that if they were on the Titanic, they would all be jumping in the boat and leaving the women and children behind. Okay, that's yeah, what we're dealing with here. Way. And you know, you wrote a piece. Uh, another blog post that you wrote is questioning whether or not the Paris attacks was actually an assassination attempt. What do you know about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I was doing some thinking and just a little out of the box thinking. And I said to myself, this is very strange. I mean, the first place that was attacked, uh, the people, the bombers couldn't get in. They somehow the guards there were suspicious and they kept them outside and they blew off their bombs outside of that stadium in France uh, in the Paris suburb there. And it occurred to me, well, the French president who they don't like uh, big time because of his bombing in Syria and Iraq, he was there. And so I, I said, maybe this is a terrorist attack. And then what really did it for me was the fact that a few days later in another soccer stadium, Hanover Stadium in, in Hanover, Germany, uh, Andrea Merkel, the chancellor of Germany, was about to, to get into a stadium there to watch the German and Netherlands play in a soccer game. And what happened? They got credible evidence there was an attack about to happen, just like what happened in France. I thought, another head of state. So I'm wondering if these people have now switched tactics, and instead of just beheading Christians and trying to create a lot of fear in our, in the hearts of a lot of people, what they're doing is going after state state, um, you know, the leaders of different right. states. Right. And, well, and I think the- it makes sense because, you know, they're now becoming a country. Well, yeah, they and are a state. Most people that, don't realize that. Right. Yeah, they are they are a state. And you know what I'm I'm and I'm I'm kind of glad for that because as long as they were um, not a state, the left could use that as an excuse to say that it's not really a threat that we face. The whole lone wolf or homegrown this. It was a way to marginalize it and try to tell us that we really did not face, you know, a a, a serious threat. Um, now there are threats that are supposedly nonspecific involving Atlanta and an event there, which, you know, if it's not specific enough, then why would it even be mentioned? Why would you even think it's a real threat? So that's kind of weird to me. Um, but then we also, also have the video saying that they're going to uh, bomb New York City. Right. We also have the other video that they're going to bomb the White House. I mean, these people, they're, they've declared war on America. And, and our president is basically ignoring and saying, oh, no, don't worry. We'll let in another 100,000 or mm-hmm. so immigrants. They're not going to do anything. Of course not. Right. This and, president ignores all the threats against this country. Right. Now, my, my theory for that, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ. My theory for that is that he's partnering with the Islamo-Marxist to have a coalition of political 
uh, political systems that want a centralized government and, and power, and they are not antithetical, those two in combination. That's my theory behind it. And you've written a book called The Economic War, so you're certainly an economic um, expert. Am I wrong in that and thinking that that's no, really why they're denying? That, the, the book I wrote, America's Economic War, uh, goes into all the details on all the different levels. You know, the war against Christianity has to do, uh, you know, with attacking the basic parts of our country that are based on Judeo-Christian principles. Freedom is based on having human dignity of mankind. Mm-hmm. And they attack they attack us on a religious level. They attack us on a political level. They try to shut down any type of freedom of speech that doesn't agree with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. You have the recent survey of, what was it, college students? Yeah, the, I think what, it was a Pew what, poll that said like 40% of them said they, they were for um, a denial of free speech for people. And But you know what? That's always... Because the left think that it's somebody else's speech that's going to be infringed. Oh, of course. You know, the, as long as you agree with them, uh, they're happy to hear anything. Now, and, and then, of course, it goes into economics. And right. it has to do with, you know, heavily regulating the economy. Right now, we're having more uh, small businesses shut den, down than are created. And so it's across the board. And I wrote the book to cover all of that. And I've updated it in a way in my latest book on um, America's re- uh, renewing America and its heritage of freedom. How can the Republican Party, and this has been my question, we have we are so far down the road, we are on the Audubon fast lane to Marksville. How does the Republican Party, when we've got a populace that's 20,000 people showing up at a Sanders rally, and they're, they're not educated in anything beyond what's been indoctrinated into their brains in the left-controlled education system given and they have the intention span of a gnat these days if it's not can't fit on a bumper sticker the american people don't really want to you know read it or pay attention to it so all that included how does a republican party convince americans that they should embrace the free enterprise system versus freebies well i don't think the republican party necessarily will save us i think the american people will save us because i'm convinced that most americans 80 percent 85 percent of americans really love freedom and they don't want to lose it and they are fed up they there is a moral outrage you know i speak i do 300 interviews a year around the country and they are fed up you couldn't believe how angry people are that I talk to and they're coming out we're going to have a landslide election in 2016 that's going to change the, the the way this country is going everybody thinks it's on the wrong track everybody's upset uh, I'm talking about the 80% right. of the country and uh, things are going to turn around fast and, and by the way you've got to read the new book that's coming out January 5th because and I'll send you a copy I'd be Please. happy to send you a copy yeah and and that book shows you the history of critical elections throughout American history. From 1789, I walk you through every critical election, and any time the people got morally outraged, they got upset that the parties, they elected people, didn't do what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. guess what? The, the Whigs are no longer around. Right. <laughs> and, and you go through our history, Americans demand morality in their government and demand their freedom. And they will not put up with the government uh, just throwing it away like is currently being done. And I think the moral outrage is building. And I think 
there may be votes stolen in this election, but there are so many conservatives that are going to be voting. They'll wipe out any any electoral fraud, and you're going to see a conservative, solid, rock-solid conservative president uh, take over, and they can start undoing. You know, the, the great thing about Obama's administration is he didn't bother to get everything passed in law. He did a lot of stuff with executive orders. Right. Well, let me tell you, it takes about – uh, 10 minutes to sign the executive orders after the president is sworn in and has done his inaugural speech to undo an awful lot of the legacy of Obama. And the rest, a few other things can be done pretty quickly, like uh, repealing Obamacare and mm-hmm. down the line. And by the way, the book goes through the first day of the presidency and the things that will get uh, eliminated, and it goes through a rapid transition team, a day one team, and it talks about what's going to happen with the election and what's going to happen afterwards. Well, I hope your predictions are right, because I I think that they know on the left that the American people are fed up with the immorality. I think you're right there, and I think that's one reason why they're working so hard to try to convince Americans that we should be okay with the lies that we are constantly being told and and the propaganda that, you know, that's why they're telling us, oh, it doesn't matter what, you know, Hillary Clinton lied about or that she lied about a video. That's old news. You know, they they, they really don't want the American people and the Republican Party. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. You know, I think one of the reasons why so many of us are like ready for an outsider is because both parties, I, we're almost at a one party system at this point. And, you know, we, we really, really need you're right. some. You're right. They, yeah. they definitely want an outsider. What they want is somebody who's going to take action. They're sick of this with lethargy in Congress. Right. And a friend of mine said, look, if Trump only did one thing, if if the only thing he accomplished was to seal our borders, and that's not just the southern border on Mexico, that's the, the virtual borders that involves bringing people here through, you know, uh, refugee status or, you know, visas or, or what have you, as well as the cyber borders that are that are vulnerable. If that's all he did, it would be so we'd be in such a better position uh, than we have been in the last eight years. Tell everybody where they can get more information about you and the book before I have to let you go. Okay, uh, GerardLamero.com is my website, G-E-R-A-R-D, Gerard Lamero, L-A-M is in Montana, E-I-R-O.com. I have a weekly blog, and I have uh, four, four books. Uh, let's see, three books right now on Amazon. The fourth one is coming the first week in January. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Appreciate it. Oh, I love being on. And you keep up your great job. I've heard about you, and you're really good. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Good night, Gerard. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, you too. All right, we're going to take a break. and we come back, I actually have somebody who's calling in who was at a Trump rally tonight in Ohio. And I am super excited to hear what it's really like at one of his rallies because, you know, they they like to tell us that it's nothing but a bunch of crazy people and that Trump's a fool and he acts like a fool. And I want to hear it from somebody who was actually there and on the inside. So don't change that dial, peeps, because this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? 
Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Thank you for being with me. Let me tell you, I'm loving Gerard's work. I can't wait for his book to come out. And I just really hoping he's right that this is going to be a landslide, 1980 style, smack down of the left. And you know what? I wasn't sure whether or not Trump was going to be in it to win it. Was he going to be in it for the long haul? Who was going to emerge? But you know what? I think he's in it to win it. And his poll numbers just they either stay steady or they continue to rise. I'm so excited I got a caller on the line to tell me what it was actually like to be at a Trump rally tonight. And Trump was actually in Columbus, Ohio uh, tonight. And um, Donna, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Well, hello there. Hi. Now, so the Trumpster was in CBUS tonight, was he? He was, along with 14,000 other people. Really? What venue? What venue? It was at the Columbus uh, Convention Center. Okay. And it was standing room only and in the halls, not enough space in there for all the people that wanted to be in. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a mixed crowd. It was very diverse. It had young. It had old. It had black. It had white. It had Asian. Uh, it had every color. Um, Any Hispanics? I, many Hispanics. Um, Although you don't have a whole lot of Hispanics in Ohio, though, do you? Uh, we we have more than you would think. We, okay. we, we actually, you know, we have more than you would think. It was a very diverse crowd. I can't say that everybody there... Of course, I didn't interview or talk to 14,000 people, but I can't. I think that there were people there, probably like myself, wanting to see what the show is about. Um, so you did not, not go there necessarily ready to vote for Trump. You went there to hear what he had to say? No, absolutely. I, I like to go to political rallies. Ohio is a, a very important state, as, as, as it's, it's been the, well reported. It's the important it state. Is. 
we it's a very exciting time for people in Ohio that like politics because we will between now and the next uh, go, uh, presidential election we will have every important candidate in our state. I have seen Clinton, I've seen Bush, I've seen Obama, I've seen everybody that's Mitt Romney, Santorum. Everybody comes, um, and so I will go and see a, a lot of the rallies. Um, I, if Hillary came, I'd go see her. Um, but you know, just because I want to see what it's like to be in a room with somebody. It is not the same as what you see on TV. Right. Yeah. Um, for, I got I to gotta interject there when it comes to Hillary. Um, my, my my gal in Vegas, my Val gal, she wants her, her kids to, to hear from everybody and, and make educated decisions for themselves and, and listen to, to people present uh, policy and present ideas. So um, back during the 2008, when she was when she was running for president, I think it was Val took her kids and one of them put his hands over his ears and refused to listen to anything. <laughs> I'm like that's my Woodrow. Okay, but anyway, okay. Now now tell me about the Trump family. Was was. Ivanka there or Ivana? Which, what's the Donna? That's Ivanka Iv- the daughter. Ivana is the daughter. No, we we only saw Trump. Mm-hmm. He didn't bring any uh, people in to warm the crowd up. It was a little weird because what do you mean? when I got there, when I the music playing, um, you know, recorded music is playing. They don't bring bands in for this stuff. It was Phantom of the Opera. And then it was memories from cats. And then it was. <laughs> he went with show tunes. I, I, and That's... then it was. You can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> it was. Hey, I don't. I, I didn't hear country, but you know, it's like there. Um, opera. I, who? What is this? I mean, who selected this music? It was just really weird. That is weird. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It that, was weird. I would have played that song from uh, the Rocky. Uh, yeah, from James Brown. Know, I, just, I live in America. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. what I would. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Something. So, what know, all did um, he say? Oh, he said great things. Um, he first spoke. He spent the first uh, fifty-eight minutes. He spent the first fifteen to twenty talking his poll numbers. He he spent a lot of time talking about Trump. Okay. He loved. And now there's been some stuff going on between him and Kasich. And who? So, and it was and was Kasich outside the door peeping through the window? No, no, but he had about 100 people out there. There was a plane Uh flying over with a banner that says Trump can't, uh, you know, can't, uh, Ohio can't trust Trump. Well, Ohio, America can't trust Kasich because that that dude could not deliver Ohio for us in 2012 as governor. Uh, True, true, true. However, what's really weird, when I talk to people around me and I talk to uh, a young young, uh, 16-year-old, he can't vote, unfortunately, uh, he said he he would want Trump. I asked him who he would want for running mate. He said Kasich. Um, I talked to an African-American former felon, or I guess he's a felon. You're all once a felon, always a felon, who had never been able to vote before. He's all for Trump. Who do you want for your running mate, Kasich? So it's like for, you know, That's Kasich, interesting. Uh, it's, it's like Kasich is running for second place. He, we do know he, he was the, the uh, committee chair for the House Ways and Means and balanced the budget when he was a senator in Washington. Well, I know he, he was one of the senators on there. Yeah, but I mean, how much of that was him at the time in the 90s versus, you know, uh, He Newt. was the architect of that plan. He was the architect of that budget. He has turned Ohio around. 
Um, Trump can't spend too much time bashing Kasich because he needs Ohio. Right. So if Ohioans are behind Kasich, we may not vote for him for president, but we might want to see him on the ticket. It's a a balancing act. Uh, Trump said an interesting thing. Yeah, he's 32 to 35 percent in all polls. That's against 15 other candidates. I mean, he's got an overwhelming, um, you know, percentage of the population of, uh, of the conservative right now. He talked about uh, they always put up these intellectuals on television against him. Right. And then George Will didn't have spectacles. You wouldn't think he was smart. He's just got glasses <laughs> and attitude. That's so true. I can't stand Will. Yeah. yeah. Now, he says I'm better educated than all these people. I have an Ivy League education. He said Carl Rove spent $435 million of other people's money to lose campaigns. Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you, he would he, he he would have been fired from Xerox, you know, after, you know, six months. So did he yeah. did he win you over? Did you leave there going, you know what? Trump's uh, my said, man. I tell you something. My ears were so tickled. He, he there was two guys and I actually ran into these guys when I was going in that ended up getting booted out when he mentioned illegals and creating lists and, and vetting illegals. Uh, coming to the country they they started these two guys started screaming or something and he says get them the hell out of here and they took him out good you know, he, he 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 said that uh, he's tired of hearing these um media people talking about these the brilliant mastermind behind the plot in paris that he's just a uh, a guy with a dirty filthy hat and he's no smarter than anybody else he drops some kids off with some guns and they shot some people um he said we got to knock the crap out of them Um, He at one point, he said, uh, you know, talked about how these savages chop young people's heads off and put people in cages and dump dump them underwater. Will he approve of water betting, waterboarding? You bet your ass he will. Yeah. And you know what? That's what we need. That's exactly what we need, because that's all that those people are going to understand. Is somebody he said like that. that even even if it didn't work, which is you have to be stupid to say it doesn't, even if it didn't work, they deserve it. You know, basically, he <laughs> says what. <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard yet. And even if it doesn't yeah. work, they deserve it. Boom. They deserve it. That's when awesome. Talking about uh, he talked about Bergdahl being the dirty, rotten traitor that they that we traded uh, for five uh, known killers who were just put back in the battlefield. He says the words, "I will build a wall." The entire crowd of fourteen thousand started chanting, "Build the wall! Build the wall!" He yeah. said, "It'll be big. It'll be beautiful. It'll be impenetrable, but it will have a door." And before he builds that wall, we're going to kick the illegals out. I say make them illegals build that wall and then kick them out. That's yeah. What I yeah. Yeah. Put a, put a hammer in their hand, you know, give them some nails. Um, so um, allegedly Rubio's camp has come out with something saying to attack the Trump supporters as being white trash. I was in a room with 14,000 people and maybe there was some white trash there, but there was everybody there. This was this was not a singular crowd, right? What um what was the? Well, I guess you would you, I guess you could have, I don't know what would be the primary thing that people were attracted to him. Was it the immigration strength. thing? Strength. Strength. Yeah. Strength. The sixteen-year-old boy that I talked to says to me, he says uh, he's the only one with B A L L S's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And Obama doesn't yeah. have any. And right. it's time to get somebody that does. Yeah. This 16-year-old boy understood foreign policy more than Hillary Clinton. He says to me, 16 years old, he says, we are in trouble. Because in eight years, our military has been so downsized that our ships will be so old and there won't be time to build new ones. This wow. is a 16-year-old. Wow. He must be homeschooled because he, he ain't getting uh, that kind of smart set in the, in the public school system run by the lefty unions teaching Common Core. He's in a Christian school and he's just organized his, own, his political party in his school. Well, the thing is, is that so much of it, and I'm so glad you brought him up because some of that is just flat out common sense. You know, the people that are saying, oh, we got to have Hillary after Paris attacks. Oh, well, this confirms it's got to be Hillary because she's got all the, all the experience. Oh, you mean leaving people for dead in Benghazi? You know, no, I mean, we're, we, it's so much of it is common sense. You got to take the mm-hmm. fight to them. You got to take it over there not bring it here. What are we doing bringing these people in here? And you got to build a wall. You got to secure your nation, you know, and, and in right. terms of strength, it's not just about strength and foreign policy that people like. It's also about the strength that, that he's not intimidated by anybody. And that includes any, any, anybody in Congress, anybody in the media, anybody currently sitting in the White House, anybody who's been in the White House in the past. He's not a part of that old boys network like Bush would not come out and criticize because that's just breaking the code. It's like, you know, this isn't a fraternity here, you know, in terms of you don't want to, like, give the, out the handshake. You know, come on. You know, this is we are in really troubled times and the American people, Mm -hmm. you know, I started my show tonight talking about fear and fear mongering. And the left is saying that inciting fear isn't presidential. Well, Americans are afraid. They're afraid for our future economically and they're afraid for our future with what it means with with these these terrorists coming here. And they're looking for somebody that's going to have their back. So I got to leave it. Any final thought before I got to go to break? Um, the final thought was when I spoke to Akeisha, a 30-ish black American that previously voted Democrat and voted when I asked her, did you vote for Obama? She didn't want to say yes, but she did, but she's not voting for, for uh, the Democratic ticket this time. So people are recognizing, you know, what's going on and it's uh, better late than never, I guess. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I know it's late in Ohio. Thank you so much for being the boots on the ground from the Trump Alrighty. campaign. All righty. Okay. Now, you might want to give a little feedback to the campaign, though, to come up with some better music. OK, and DJ Carrot uh, yeah. Sticks, my board up, Todd can come up with some help in that area for them, too. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great night. OK, now we're going to take a break and we come back. We've got more topics, more things to discuss here. But you know what? I'm thinking they're thinking the. the conventional wisdom they're trying to tell us trump has really high unfavorables trump's the guy who can also reach across the line and pull in democrats as well as independents so we'll see what happens um but i tell you what's going to happen in about two minutes more of the andrea k show so stay with me people Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen & Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657-333. Miramar Kitchen & Bath. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Uh, before the break, we were talking about Trump. We heard from someone who was at the Trump rally in C- uh, Columbus. I'm used to calling it C-Bus. Um, I think we might have mentioned earlier when I was on the phone with Gerard Lamero with um, some recent poll information coming out of Iowa. Cruz surged. He basically had a 17 point swing. He's overtaken Carson because Carson has just really not been consistent. It's kind of like it, how you say it is as much as what you say. And Trump and Cruz are so consistent and so strong in their messaging. They stay on message and they're just so firm with it and passionate. They sell it. And Carson has just not really been selling himself. And, and people are people. It's like we were saying, people are fearful. They're scared, you know, economically, and they're scared for, for the threat that we face. And they need to know they have a leader that they can count on. And, and if you start getting squishy, well, yeah, I said that yesterday, but I, I didn't really mean that. You know, no, no. So um, I, I don't know. So far, I'm still sticking with, like I told Craig Sewing. And by the way, I'm going to be back on Craig's uh, show tomorrow. Craig's actually on vacation this week. So it's Craig, um, the best Craig Sewing show ever, as we teased him. Dave Elhoff and I are going to be doing the show tomorrow. And we're interviewing. I'm super excited about this. David Limbaugh is going to be on the show tomorrow talking about his book, The Emmaus Code. So I'm so super excited. He was on America Trends last week when I was when I was hosting that show. But that the way that show set up, I didn't really have um, the luxury of spending as much time with David as I wanted to about his book. So I invited him to come on tomorrow. So I'm super excited about that. So be sure to tune in to Craig Sewing Show tomorrow. Dave Elhoff and I are going to be hosting it. And David Limbaugh is our guest. <clears throat> um, speaking of something else, San Diego... I don't know if you heard about this, DJ Carrot Sticks. Um, we've got a really large school here, San Diego State University. And um, the <clears throat> SDSU students are holding a SDSU Action Against Islamophobia March on campus. Um, because supposedly a Muslim student was reportedly attacked and verbally assaulted on a parking lot. Um, when it was first reported that she was assaulted, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, was she raped? You know, was she punched in the face? You know, what happened here? Well, I guess um, she was shoved and somebody said something ugly to her. Um, I don't know if there's a video of it. Uh, if there is, it's probably locked in the vault with the with the um, footage of the poop swastika that nobody actually saw in Mizzou. Um, how convenient that this happened, you know, right after the Paris attacks. And, you know, we got to make sure that we, you know, exactly what I talked about at the top of the hour. You know, here is when they do everything they can to try to to stamp down any recognition that the issue that we're facing and the threat that we face is Islam. So who's involved here with this march at San Diego State? None other than the Council on American Islamic Relations. That's right, CARE, one of the front groups for the Muslim Brotherhood uh, here in the U.S. 
Um, and, and oh, guess what else? Coincidentally, just like in Mizzou, they have a list of demands that they want to make on the university. I want, I want to see the video of what happened to this young girl because, quite frankly, this is exactly what I talked about at the top of the hour. This is bullying in, uh, Americans into submission. And there is no such thing as coexisting with Islam. It is death by a thousand cuts until your culture is decapitated figuratively, if not literally. Uh, so the Muslim Student Association has compiled a list of demands, which is including... Um, bystander training for, for faculty, staff, and students. Do you even know what that means, Todd? Bystander training? So we're going to be instructed that we have to do what? I mean, Todd, liberalism is all about control. This is If you ever wanted an example of understanding the connection between really what the end game is, it's all a ruse. It's ultimately about control. There's no greater system of control than the most brutal evil one thing bush was right is the enemy that we face is one of evil and it is islam they want a list of they've got a list of demands it includes um increased coursework on islam so this is no different than that kid whose dad who's been going around the country for years trying to incite and bait and do um islamophobia baiting and had his kid purposely build a so-called clock that happened to look like a roadside bomb um, as a hoax, basically to make him into a victim of Islamophobia. And now we find out today that he and his lawyers are threatening to sue for $15 million. They are using our own system, our own good hearts, our own good will, our, our love of freedom our kindness, our political correctness against us. And that's what's going on here. And Americans need to wake up and we need somebody who's willing to call them out on it. I, I, I'm loving, was it Trump's idea when he was on, when he was on the ropes? Was it really his idea to do, do a database system tracking the Muslims? No, no, he, that's clearly not w- what was happening in that moment. But then when somebody said to him, what do you think about it? He was like, well, you know what? Not a bad idea. If we're going to bring all these quote, refugees here from an ISIS-infested region, we better know who's here. Every other country in the world does not bring any anybody into their country, whatever, whether it's through uh, work visas, whether it's through vacation passports or whatever, they track them. They know where you are and when you're supposed to leave, and you better be on that plane. I mean, have, and none of you see Locked Up Abroad. I mean, every other country, including Mexico, they track people. Trump is being willing to be honest about it. And the American people need to push back. I, I need to find out exactly when this rally is going to happen at San Diego State, Todd. Maybe you can Google that for me on the break because, you know what, maybe I might want to go down there. I, you know, that's not too far from me. Um, With some bacon cheeseburgers? Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a bacon cheeseburger yesterday. Have you been to Slater's 50-50? Oh, I love at Liberty <gasps> oh, Station. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I did the I did the half bacon, half burger. Ooh, that's good. It, yeah, it was it was better than good. Well, you know, every it, month they have a special burger. No. Every month they do like something special, and one month they did a fifty alarm burger, oh. and I had to sign a waiver and and wear gloves when I ate it. What was in it? Like it ghost was ghost peppers? peppers. Oh, how much of it did you eat? Be honest, I ate all of it. You no, ate the I, entire I thing. Handle myself. I really thought it was kind of ridiculous. It wasn't that hot. You. Did, so you didn't wear the gloves? I did wear the gloves because they tell you have to. 
Okay. But and I did sweat a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. You're such a man. You're such a tough guy, Todd. <laughs> Seriously, the Scoville unit. I don't know what the Scoville unit was on those things, but pretty high. Yeah. Could you just like sit and eat a jalapeno pepper right now? Oh yeah. Really? Love it. That's crazy. The raw ones are even spicier. I like them better than the pickled ones. Yeah. Now I like a little bit of jalapeno, but one time when I was in college, I was on a date, my first date with this guy, Doug Clark. My dad always mocked him and said he carried around a mirror in his back pocket. So we're out on our first date. He decides he's going to impress me by eating a jalapeno. (laughs) (laughs) He was sweating like a pig caught under a gate. His face was beat red. It was horrible. I don't know how he convinced me to go out with him again. On second date. You figure the second date terrible. can't be any worse, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he had nowhere to go but up. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm sorry, Shinvi. I haven't slept in three days. <laughs> okay. okay, now I'm getting punchy. Okay. All right, now when we come back on the other side of the show, we've got some economic stuff to talk about when we come back. I might even, I might even, since I don't have my entertainment reporter tonight, I might even do like a little entertainment news. Um, But before we go, hey, did you know that um, some more Pakistanis were actually caught at the border here in San Diego? Yeah, yeah. How'd they get here? Somebody's putting a whole lot of money behind these guys. I don't know if you heard the reports that there's an Egyptian billionaire, the 10th wealthiest man in Africa. And his idea is, he's like, he's gone to the Greek official and he's like, I'm going to buy these two islands here. And you know, Greece is hurting for money. He's like, I'm going to buy these two islands here and I want to set up, do a Gilligan's Island. Put two, he, could, he says he could put up to 200,000 of these refugees on the, why are we bringing them here? Sounds nice. On an island? It? Yeah. He's going to set up a hotel there or whatever. There's absolutely no reason for the United States government except for bad reasons because they want to expand the dependency class. They want to change the culture that we have in here in America. And they want to dare us that we better not speak up against it or they're going to call us the B word bigot. I think I got to find out when that rally is at San Diego State and go there. But I'm not going to wear my LSU jersey because I'm embarrassed after what happened. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get rid of less miles down there that's what i have to say about that and we might need to get rid of mccoy here in san diego i agree who's playing tonight uh the patriots and the bills and it's 10 to 20 patriots well yeah i mean i'm surprised it's not a bigger spread than that with the patriots right yeah all right did did the saints even play yesterday i'm not too sure yeah see i'm just so out of it when my teams are starting to go down to the tank like they are you know i just kind of stop paying attention i wear my shirts but i stop paying attention i was at that massacre of a charger game oh you were yes oh that was sad very sad yeah and i thought the raider game i went to the raider game and go well it can't be any worse than the raider game well i was wrong yeah what was it like 33 to 3 yeah and i heard rivers just had a horrible him and gates almost got into a fight on the sideline yeah what was that about i don't know there was a long pass to gates and it went through his hands and i don't know what he said to rivers but they were they had to hold gates back <gasps> really? but afterwards river goes oh you know it's just two guys that are competitive and stuff but i don't know i don't think i've ever seen gates get get Never. mad on the sidelines this is his last season so he's probably like dude complete a pass <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We come back. We got more Andrea K show coming up after the break. So don't don't go anywhere, my people. Clap along if you feel like a room without a room. 
Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. This is hour two of the Andrea K Show. Hey, this is um, my last. I'm going to be on Craig's Sewing Show tomorrow, but this is the last Andrea K Show before Thanksgiving, and so I forgot to put out my question earlier. Um, what are you thankful for? I meant to put that out there so that I could read off some comments on tonight's show. And I ended up so busy today. So it, those of you that are on the thread tonight, um, listening to the show, let me know what you're thankful for. Todd, what are you thankful for this year? Well, the same thing that I'm always thankful for. My friends, my family, and my health, and yeah. my job. Yeah. And you had, you got, a lot of people don't know this. The listeners in the show might not know that you got hit on your bike this year and you were out for a few a few months weren't you um i was out of work for three weeks but my mouth was wired shut for seven weeks and that happened on march friday the 13th this oh, year yeah I, don't, I thought you sure it was only three weeks it felt like three months you were gone. <laughs> yeah i was just gone for three weeks the doctor said i should stay out for 12 weeks but ah, after being on a couch for three weeks i yeah. just had to come back to work yeah and so. i talked like this yeah. The whole time. Yeah, and you couldn't eat a donut either. No donuts. Yeah. So um So yeah, I'm a thankful to be alive too. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. You <laughs> should be thankful. Some I you know, I know um um an old old lady, I think she's eighty something years old, that was uh walking in the same area where you got hit on your bike. She was walking and it was a hit and run. Uh-huh. She got hit and they left her there and she ended up in, in the hospital like with broken hip and arms and just yeah i mean who does that that's terrible yeah, yeah i guess a lot of there's a lot of hit and runs they say like a lot of the bicycle accidents when a bicycle's hit by a car like 80 percent of the time the people will flee the scene well maybe they're fleeing because they didn't see it but i mean how can you not feel that you hit hit somebody on a bike but i mean i, I can't imagine hitting somebody and just leaving i mean you know you're you're some kind of monster so i'm thankful that you're Okay. Thank and you. What are you thankful for, Andrew? I'm thankful for so many things. I am thankful for the fact that I understand that family is not about DNA and that I am so blessed to have so many people in my life that I don't share DNA with, but I literally think of as family. You know, I, my heart always hurts every year for the holidays for the, for the people that don't have that. I know there's so many people that will be alone on Thanksgiving or Christmas or just the rest of the year, just alone, and don't have the kind of friends and, and support that I have. And I, I, I didn't do anything to deserve it. You know, I'm just blessed. And so I'm grateful for that, because it's not something, like I said, I mean, I didn't do anything special to get it. I'm just lucky and blessed to have so many amazing people in my life. And they're, and in fact, they're all typing right now on, on, <laughs> on Facebook. Don't so, start crying now, Andrew. I know. I'm going to get all weepy. And I'm also thankful for um, everybody that I work with here and including Barry and Eve and people with close up and Craig. I'm thankful for Craig sewing because, you know, since he and I have become friends, things have opened up for me. Um, just like meeting Dr. Gina and getting to, to host America Trends. That's just been great. So I've just uh, had so many personal and professional blessings lately. So that's what I'm thankful for. So I'm going to try to keep a eye out here on some Facebook comments to see um, to see what people are. I've got this big guard um, on the microphone. I can't really read the comments. 
out there. But um, some more serious topics. Let's get back into it. You know, one of the things that Trump talked about was he talked about how, and he's been saying this for a while, like, okay, we shouldn't have gone to the Iraq war in the first place. In hindsight, we now realize that was kind of a mistake to do it. But if we were going to do it, why didn't we take the oil? You know, why did we, again, the PC thing was, the political correct thing was bash, bashing Bush. No war for oil. No war, war for oil. And uh, we, we just went over there to get the oil. Well, you know what? No, we actually did go over there because Bush, incorrect as he may have been, he really thought that you could impart American values onto um, people that don't appreciate the values and hate the values. I mean, if you're really looking back, there's much, there was much that I really liked about President Bush. I think he was just naive. I think it was a genuine belief that he had that you could, that, that all people deserve to be free, that our freedoms come from God. He understood that from our founders, where I think he was wrong, was in thinking that everybody shared that value and that everybody wants to be free. You can't, um, and, and I think he tried to impose that over there. Once we were there, as much as a mistake as that was, it was done with good intentions. We should have taken the oil. We should have been paid back for what we did. Um, we weren't appreciated. We've been over there building schools while our military and our veterans suffer here. And we haven't got anything out of it. The, one of the things that we could do is we could look at that and go, you know what? Let's learn from that. What did we learn from this situation? We learned that all of them over there, whether they're Sunnis or whether they're Shiites or Salafists, they don't appreciate American values. They hate the West, whether they're <clears throat> involved with actually trying to implement terrorism against us or not. They don't like our values. So <clears throat> at least we're now... Uh, dealing with the oil situation over there, one of the ways they're dealing with it is they're finally deciding to uh, hurt ISIS by bombing the oil trucks over there. Uh, we spent, I think it was $40 million, Todd, to train what ended up being, what, five uh, fighters in Syria. So they completely underestimated that situation. They completely underestimated the fact that it's become hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and money for them, for ISIS. So at least I'm happy to report that U.S. airplanes destroyed an estimated 280 ISIS oil trucks near the border between Syria and Iraq. So hopefully that's going to help a little bit. But it's like Major Scales reported on, on the show last week. With the rules of engagement being what they are, we are not going to be able, be able to do any kind of damage to ISIS. If we, they hide, they're, they're no different. It's the same ideology as the Palestinians that literally stand behind women and children as shields. We have got to swallow the lump in our throats and be willing to deal with some collateral damage if we want to save ourselves. Right, Todd? I mean, that's, that's the reality. Because um, this is what we're dealing with. The Islamic State booby-trapped children's dolls with explosives aiming to carry out an attack on the, on, against the Shiite pilgrimage festival uh, going on over in Iraq. They, they, they even hate fellow Muslims if they're not Islamic enough. 18 dolls were booby-trapped. So... Um, there was a suicide bombing that, in addition to this, there was a suicide bombing that took place in Baghdad on Friday. I don't know how many people were actually killed, but these are people that they're, they're killing civilians over there who are Muslims. 
we either got to get in this fight and win it or we need to pull out every American over there and, and you know, put a fence around it and, and not have anything to do with them. So I'm asking President Obama if he's scared of Christians because, you know, he's saying that the Republicans, if they don't want to, if they don't want to embrace all these Syrians coming over here, that we just must be scared of, of women and orphans. Did you know, Todd, that here in San Diego, a lot of San Diego stories tonight. Here in San Diego, we have a lot of uh, Iraqi Christians that have been held in a jail for over seven months. Are those Chaldeans? Um, I, it, the, the article doesn't say if they're Chaldeans, but they probably are. You know, right now, everybody's, you know, talking about um, the refugees. We've been having these refugees and Muslims brought over here now for a lot of years. In fact, President Bush was behind bringing some over. Um, even with the Syrians, you know, they've been coming over here now for years. Here's some numbers. Just since the start of 2015, 4,205 <coughs> Muslims have been admitted. And this is just from, from Iraq, have been admitted into the U.S. from Iraq, but only 727 Christians. And for every Christian granted asylum, the U.S. grants asylum to five or six Muslims, even though it's Christians who are persecuted. There's no persecution going on over there of the types of Muslims that we're bringing in here. But the Christians are being persecuted. There was a story about the refugees on the boats that they, the Muslims were throwing all the Christian people overboard. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that little boy who washed up on the shore was probably a Christian boy that they were talking about. So while the Christian minorities are actually the ones being persecuted when they flee, uh, the West isn't even taking them in. Like Britain, Britain's not even taking any in. Actually, it's, it's countries like, I think, um, Poland is taking in most of the Christians over there. And there was one, let me see what his name is, Lord Carey, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, signed a petition calling on the U- UK government to welcome Christian refugees and give them priority as asylum seekers, but they're actually being re- refused. And Lord Weidenfeld, who's 95, who fled Nazi-occupied Austria in 1938 uh, with the help of the British Quakers, said, why is it that the Poles and the Czechs are taking your Christian families and yet the British government stands idly by? So we've got a West that's not only not doing anything to help Christians, but actually enabling and participating in the persecution of Christians. Why is the Republican Party letting Obama stand up there and badmouth them saying that they're not helping people when we've got Christians that are literally being slaughtered over there and we're not doing anything to help? In fact, the ones who have made it here in San Diego, we're supposed to be, you know, all about um, family reunification. Remember, we can't send any of the illegals back to Mexico because their kids who were born here. Oh, we can't tear up families. Do you know what they did with these Christian families that were bought here from Iraq? They've been sitting in a jail basically for seven months. One woman whose mother it was an American citizen living here in San Diego was dying. And this Christian woman who, who is being held in a for no, no um, court date set. She's just being held for longer than seven months now, begged to be able to see her mother, and her mother died before she could see her. So that's what this administration's doing. Meanwhile, the Republicans are allowing the left, who's persecuting Christians and enabling other Muslims to persecute Christians, they're turning it around and making the Republicans seem like the bad guys. The Republicans need to need to wise up. In fact, I'm wondering why Trump hasn't mentioned this. Somebody needs to get Wayne Allen Root, who was on my show last week, who's bragging about how he knows Trump. 
if Trump really wants a winning argument, he will get behind some of these Christians. He should be over here doing a photo op here at this detention facility in San Diego where we've got all these Christians here. These are Christians with family members here in San Diego. You want to talk family reunification, liberals, let it begin here with these Christians. We're going to take a break. In fact, I'm behind on it. When we come back, we're going to get into a little economic stuff. There's The IRS is back in the news. So don't change that dial. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Oh, I know that song. I think my older sister used to have that album. Is that Peter Frampton? Yes, it is. Yeah. Hey, didn't he try to stage a comeback? I'm not too sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it not- wasn't successful. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Evidently not. Um, speaking of success, we really need a presidential candidate. Look, I know everybody right now after the Paris attacks, everybody's like all about radical Islam. And yeah, I am too. I've been harping on it. For a long time, a lot of years now, but the economy is still right up there because as much as people are cons- are scared and concerned about what's going to happen with this enemy and whether or not they're going to, you know, go to, you know, a Christmas, Christmas nights. We don't, we don't call it Christmas nights anymore in Balboa Park and suffer a terrorist attack. They're equally concerned, if not more so, about being able to feed their families, put food on the table. And sometimes in the course of doing that, people have to make a decision as to whether or not we are so oppressed by our government in terms of taxes that sometimes sometimes people have to make a decision as to whether or not or they do. There's lots of reason why people might not pay their taxes. Uh, A lot of times April 15th rolls around and they just don't have the money and they say, you know what, I'm just not going to file my taxes and I'm just going to wait and then I'll just deal with the penalties down the road. Well, now the IRS has decided to attach. I don't know if you've heard this, Todd. They've decided that they're going to um, attach to your passport and put restrictions on your passport 
if you don't pay your taxes. And this really struck me because remember how we had reports of Americans going over to fight with ISIS and Britain and other countries were like, you go overseas and you take up arms with the enemy and we're not going to let you back in. Not the American government. No restrictions on the passports for going over and becoming Jihad Johnny and taking up arms against Americans. But if you don't pay the IRS, the money that they think you owe, that's when they're going to put restrictions on your passports. Does that not like strike you as odd, Todd? Yeah. That's, that's insane to me. Well, I don't know if it's insane to any, to my buddy, Timothy Shea. He's on the line. Hey, T. Hey, Lulu. Okay. So we're going to attach, we're going to put restrictions on passports because of people not paying their taxes. But but yeah, they do it now with driver's licenses and passports for people that owe child support. Yeah, well, it's going to happen with back taxes too. But you know, no restrictions on if you want to go over and fight with ISIS. That's well, that's, that's where. It. Yeah, and no restrictions if and if you're on a plane to JFK and you're an illegal, it's cool. We won't make you go through customs either. What say that again? What are you talking about? A plane of 150 illegals that came up from Mexico because we fly them in to save them the travel expense and well, sure. difficulty. We, we uh, want to be humane, right? So we got to make it easy. Exactly. So we fly them into JFK and eh, they don't have to go through customs. But we're vetting everybody that comes in. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. And there's no worries with the Thanksgiving Day Parade on Thursday. None whatsoever. Does anybody even go to that or watch? When I was a kid growing up, I couldn't stand watching that. I'm not a huge parade person unless it's Mardi Gras and they're throwing beads out. But yeah, oh my I mean, gosh, it's it's one of the biggest events in New York. Well, it's a huge event, but I mean, does anybody actually go and like watch it's balloons float down the street? Miles of people, miles of people, ten to fifteen deep. Can I ask it's why? The, <laughs> why in the world? Because of the balloon <laughs> and the floats and the bands. I mean, it's a great parade. I guess. It, to me, it's right up on the level with the Rose Parade. I don't like watching, you know, why, why do I care about seeing some flowers float right down the street? But that's just me. Um, <clears throat> I know you're a New Yorker, so I don't mean to, like, bash. Well, my children went two years ago, and they loved it. And uh, I'm just glad they're not going this year, quite frankly. Well, yeah. Um, although nothing would keep me from Mardi Gras because you know what, if, if I, I got to go somehow. Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to think the stupidest thing that ISIS could possibly do would be to attack Boudreaux and Mardi Gras. That's right. <laughs> Those boys would be on them like white on rice. Now, exactly. Okay. So, um, at the top of the show, I was talking about the fear mongering and the political correctness, um, and the way it's, whether it's about the dopey war on women or the war on brown people, now it's the war on Muslims. It's always about trying to bully us into submission. I'm not sure it's going to work anymore. Well, you know it's not, and here's why. Americans are fed up. We're fed up with being splintered. We're fed up with being talked down to. We're fed up with the divisive rhetoric. It's always divide, divide, divide so that they can conquer Right. And people are finally waking up because here's the thing. Most Americans don't pay attention to politics. You and I are a rarity. The people that listen to your show are a rarity. Okay, most people go about their lives. They worry about doing their job well, bringing up their children well, working for their communities. They really are not politically active at all. Oh, they are now. They are awake. And Donald Trump has awakened them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's not my top guy. You know, I'm a cruise guy. 
But Donald Trump is going to get people out to the polls that haven't voted in decades. Well, do you think it's really that Trump energized people or is it just that the reality of of Obama's policies and liberalism came, you know, came came to fruition and people started really seeing the reality? You know, people believed about Obama what they wanted to believe about Obama in 08. They transferred. He was a blank slate because we weren't allowed to ask anything about who he really was. And so people saw in him what they wanted to see in him or what they wanted to believe in him. And then once the reality of his socialism and crap, you know, started coming true, that's why they gave the majority to the Republican Party. So I'm I'm the only thing I'm concerned about with Trump is do we have a similar situation there, Timothy? Do we have somebody to where we're projecting onto him? We, we want him to be versus who he really is. I'm still well, a little troubled. He's a big government guy. He's I, yeah. Yeah. I'm con- and I'm concerned about that, although we don't have true conservatives in the Republican Party much either. So, as Zach said, at least if we got a guy who's going to do deal with the most number one pressing issue we have, which is our borders, because without borders, you don't have a sovereign nation. And it's through the open borders where they have really destroyed the fabric of our nation that when you where which, you know, if you got to press one for English, you know, it's already done. You know what I mean? So if that's if he accomplishes that, he's accomplished something. I, I mean, to me, ideally. It would be a Cruz Trump ticket versus Trump Cruz, but Trump's never going to be number two. And Cruz cannot get the excitement going in for himself the way Trump can. Well, I agree not the way Trump can, but I still think that there's a significant possibility that Trump will falter through the Based upon what? Primary. Do you think he's going to say something stupid? Well, just remember who was remember who was leading early. Mike Huckabee won you know, big early last time, right? I, I think it's a it's a long period of time. Trump may have the staying power, but Cruz came on fast, as you mentioned before. He had a seventeen point swing and he's positioning himself as an electable conservative. He's the only constitutional conservative in the race. And the people in Iowa are starting to pay attention to him and they really like what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I wish Cruz was a little bit more um, genuine sounding. I think that where he's coming from is genuine, but he's so politician rehearsed sounding. And I don't care whether somebody has a little trip up in his words or says something wrong or incorrect or whatever, or says a um or whatever. The quest to try to sound too perfect, so old school politician, I think is hurting Cruz. Well, here's the thing. That's not what it is. The guy is just so wicked smart. I mean, that's the way he talks. He can be very passionate and he can be inspirational. His close at the last GOP debate was Ronald Reagan's city on a hill speech condensed into 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. That was an impassioned advocacy of an America that we want to get back to. Mm -hmm. I think that the more people hear from Ted, the more they're going to realize that he is the only constitutional conservative in the race. And quite frankly, he has a secret weapon that is only starting to be used. And that's his father. His father has an amazing story. He's he's talked about his father from the very beginning. He's talked about his father. I'm talking about his father being out. His father is crushing it at these rallies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely crushing it. And the media is so afraid of Ted Cruz that they're not covering it all. But you had a great report earlier tonight from Donna about the Trump rally, you need to get somebody to go to one of the Cruz rallies and talk about Rafael Cruz and the effect that he has on the crowd, because mm-hmm. that is a big reason 
for Ted swing in Iowa because the swing has mostly been among the evangelicals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's because of his father. Right. Um, before we have to go, yeah, I will. Before, I, if there's a, a cruise rally here in, in California, although t- typically because California, with the open borders, has become a, a permanent Democrat voting block, really in many ways, we tend to not really have the presidential candidates come here. I mean, they've kind of given oh, up on California. At, we don't get them at all in New York State. Yeah, yeah. Um, every once in a while they come here for fundraising, but they don't typically do, you know. A, a whole lot of events. So um, before we have to go, what are you thankful for this year for Thanksgiving? I'm thankful for the same thing I'm thankful for every single day, and that is my life, because I almost died in a car accident three and a half years ago. So I literally wake up joyfully every single morning, just glad to be alive. Perfect. I'm glad for all of my friends and the people in my life I love. And I'm adopted, so I'm a testament to what you said earlier about the fact that family isn't about DNA. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships and love. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I hope you have a and happy I'm thankful Thanksgiving. for your friendship. Oh, well, you too. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving. We're going to take a break. We come back. More to talk about. There's actually even news from the San Diego Zoo going on here. Got some San Diego stories happening tonight. Anyway, so glad you're sharing this time with me. And I am Andrea Kay. This is the Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero. Get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today 877-749-3533. Hey there, Hugh Hewitt with a word about a new book by my friend David Limbaugh. I don't know if you're like me, but have you ever felt like you're lost or even overwhelmed by the books of the Old Testament? Have you ever felt like breathing through or skipping over altogether these earlier portions of Scripture so you can get to the good stuff, the stuff of Christ in the New Testament? Well, if that's you, or even if you've got just a little bit of that in you, then David Limbaugh's latest is for you. He traces the themes of Christ in the ever more clear revelation of the Messiah throughout the Old Testament. It's a lively Genesis to Jesus sort of journey that he takes us on in the Emmaus Code. David has found Jesus Christ as the key to understanding the whole Old Testament. I think he will, too. Wherever you are at with regard to the faith, I know you'll appreciate the Emmaus Code. It makes the most important book in human history come alive. David Limbaugh's new book, The Emmaus Code, is available now at Amazon, Costco, Barnes & Noble, and wherever quality books are sold. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer. I've been in the right place. Welcome back to The Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you here with me. 
Um, San Diego Zoo's been in the news for a couple days in a row. First, they were in the news um, last week, actually. I don't know if you saw the video with the pandas in the snow. Who says it doesn't snow in San Diego? It did at the zoo last week. So super cute video. I haven't been to the zoo in a few years. I think I need to take a trip down there. Um, Some sad news, though, coming out of the Safari Park, which is a part of the San Diego Zoo. I guess one of the few um, white rhinos left um, in the world, an endangered species. I guess it got sick and it had to be put down. Mm. And so, of course, that's going to start, you know, raising probably people doing the same thing about that park as they're doing about SeaWorld. Um, I doubt it, though, because, I mean, they've been an endangered species and, yeah. you know, for a while. And so I don't really think that anybody can try to hang anything on on the safari park in terms of um, any kind of animal cruelty. But did you know that after did you ever see the CNN documentary about SeaWorld? No. Yeah. That actually had a huge impact on the park and they're mm-hmm. going to be phasing out the um, Shamu shows. The killer whales, yeah. The killer whale shows. Well, they're not going to breed anymore in captivity. Right, and they're also not, they're even going to phase out the shows because part of the controversy was not just that they've been bred in, in captivity or how they were captured and brought into captivity, also how they how they train them and what's going on with them and why they sometimes attack their trainers and, and all of that. So, it you know. Well, I wonder what's next, the dolphins and then the sea lions and then next thing you, there'll be nothing at SeaWorld? Yeah, well, you know what, I got to say, you know, I'm... It's tough because when I saw that documentary, when I started watching it, I thought, oh, what a bunch of hooey. Here we go with the, you know, bleeding heart lefties. But the footage of the mama whale giving birth, being separated from her calf too early and hearing the screams of that mama whale, mm. that that really touched my heart. Um, but really, if they corrected that, I'd be cool. That was really the only thing that I saw that they were really, you know, it's called Blackfish, I think the documentary was. So we we have had a, quite a few stories about our parks going on here in San Diego. So there was somebody on Facebook a while back when Blackfish had first came out and they said that, I don't know where they were from somewhere in the Midwest and they had never seen the ocean and never saw all these animals and stuff and brought their kids to SeaWorld and said, if it wasn't for SeaWorld, mm-hmm. my kids would never be able to see this or experience mm-hmm. this or have the interaction right. with the animals that they did. Right. And like one of her sons is really interested in science now and she thinks it's because of the trip to SeaWorld. Yeah. I think on balance, I think absolutely it's, it's a great experience. I mean, they've added, added in the where you can pet the dolphins now with the little feeding area that they didn't have you know 15 years ago and um so you know i i I guess i would say uh, apart from that one instance where they're separating the mom whales from the babies too early um you know i don't i don't see anything bad with it i mean they're not being mistreated really um so we'll see and you know and what's what's worse about that that is that any worse than any other zoo where they've got animals in cages that are not in their natural habitat they're just not whether it's a whether it's a fish park or whether it's you know a zoo and and we learn from that and it's exposure to to species that we would not have you know if it, if it wasn't for these parks speaking of species and wild animals behaving like animals bill clinton is back in the news how's that for a segue uh, he's back in the news because, you know, we were talking to Gerard uh, Lamero earlier in the show, and he's actually predicting a landslide in 2016 because he's saying the American people want morality in their government. And the, it's gone so far off the rails from a moral standpoint that the American people want to take it back. And that's really who's got to who's got to save America. It's not any party or Paul. And um, 
is there any other couple? It, I'm not a historian. There may have been another president and first lady who are as immoral and as corrupt as the Clintons. But if there are, and I'm, and I'm going to get uh, Gerard's book and I'm going to read it because it sounds like he's got some great history in there about some presidents. Um, I don't think I've read anything in any American history. I've read with the depths of narcissistic immorality than these Clintons. Um, he is a man who was accused multiple times of sexual assault and actual rape by women. And if he was a Republican, he would be on one of those islands out there right now that that Greek, that that Egyptian billionaire is trying to buy. Okay, he would have been run out of this country. But because he's a Democrat, he's been allowed to get away with it. He sexually harassed a young woman when he was president of the United States and lied about it under oath. There's absolutely no excuse for why his wife now is is running for president on the Democrat ticket. And there's one of his accusers who's back out, Juanita Broderick. She's back on the stage. And, you know, she says she ain't going away anywhere. And, you know, um, she says, shame on you, Hillary. Uh, that's disgusting uh, for trying to run on women's issues. That's so typical of the left trying to accuse the Republicans of the war on women. They actually had him and the Republicans let him get away with it back in the 2012 Democrat convention. He was, I think he was given like father of the year award or something. There's, there's, there is no shame on the part of the left. And I'm wondering if we've gotten, if Gerard's right, and we've gotten to kind of a tipping point um, to where the Americans are saying, you know it enough. You know, we need we need a restoration of morality and a restoration of strength. And there's one thing about Trump is, OK, yeah, he's been divorced a few times. I know that. But he's raised some quality kids. So and there's not been a rape allegation against Donald Trump. So I actually am Facebook friends with her. And I, you know, I'm thinking I might have to see if she might be willing to come on the show, do a little interview, um, some economic news. Um, oh, before I move on to economic news, Charles Ortel was on the show uh, a while back talking about uh, he's done extensive research over the Hillary email situation. And, uh, you know, I talked to him on the phone a couple days ago and I'm going to have him back on the show because he says he is really close to completely taking down the Clinton Foundation money laundering scheme. She's talking about how she's running on on women's issues when she's taking money, hundreds of millions of dollars for the Clinton Foundation from from organizations and from nation states that are the worst. We're talking about we're talking about countries that do. Uh, practice openly female genital mutilation in the name of Islam, stony women who are rape victims, which is uh, in Sharia. So I'm going to have Charles back on to talk about that soon. Um, Some economic news. We need to keep watch over what's happening with the Fed in terms of rate increases. I'm not an economist, but it seems as though it, it seems great on the one hand that we've got um, low interest rates, but if they kind of need to be raised at this point because it's hurting senior citizens and other people. Meanwhile, while that's going on, it looks as though we're at a, we're at, at a global debt default crisis in the world's 
economies. We have had, I think it's 220 something corporations uh, that have defaulted on their loans. And, you know, when you've, when you've got that kind of stuff going on and we've got $18 trillion in debt and we've got other countries like China that are devaluing their currency, we've got the dollar, um, you know, being overprinted. We really need a Republican candidate who can, who can simply explain to the American people why their tax strategy is going to take less money in and people are going to have to pay less taxes, yet at the same time be able to bring that debt down and do it through cuts in spending. I want to see the Department of Education done away with. I want to see the EPA done away with in the energy department. That's what I want to see because we have got to, there's two main issues that the people are most worried about right now, the economy and radical Islam. And I also want to know, I still have not heard, and I forgot to ask Donna this. I'm going to see if she's still up. Did Trump talk about what he would replace Obamacare with? We cannot just talk in vague terms about, you know, um, free markets and having it be portable to take across state lines. I mean, the American people hear that and they think, what, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything to the American people. You've got to explain it in a way that actually is relevant to them and, and means something to them you know, for it to matter. Um, Christmas is going to be here before you even know it. Um, you know, this is a time of year that's when, when people are struggling financially and they got the holidays coming up and they got kids they've got to buy presents for, family members they got to buy presents for. You know, I had my hair done today. You know, you got to tip out to, you know, your hair gal. You got to tip out to, you got to tip out to your postal carrier. It's like, you got to, I start avoiding people. I start wearing a bad <laughs> I start having to wear, it gets expensive. I start having to wear a baseball hat and some shades all around Christmas time. Cashier at Vons. I'm at my Vons every day. They're going to be looking at me for a tip. Of course, you can't even go in anywhere anymore where there's not a tip jar everywhere. When did that start, Todd? I used to run a cash register for Sula Drugs in Slidell and High School. I didn't have a tip jar out. I don't know. I worked at a coffee cart and I got paid very bad, but the tips, I survived on tips. Well, well, that oh, okay. Well, so now when I go to places that have the tip jar, I tip because I know what it's like to live on tips. Well, but I mean, it, it depends. Some jobs, I was a waitress, and so I was paid basically nothing. So mm-hmm. yeah, tips was was how I got it, got my income. But if you're running, just running a register somewhere, you're on the clock. You're being mm-hmm. paid by somebody. You know, and and I go to Busy. Have you ever been to Busy Bee over in the Bird Rock area? Oh, I love Busy Bee Busy- bagels. Just has that woman ever smiled at you? No, no. Never. I've been going there since high school. Right, she will not smile no. at you. <laughs> I ain't tipping somebody who will not smile at me and say thank you for the business. What I'm supposed to thank her? It's like the soup Nazi. Uh, yeah, she's. You know exactly who I'm talking about. If you've been to Busy Bee, no, it ain't happening. Next thing, you know what's going to happen, peeps? I'm going to come in next week, and Todd's going to have a tip jar out. He's gonna Ooh, say. Like he's gonna say. I'm not gonna play your bumper music. You want the calls t- to get dropped? Yeah, you, know. <laughs> you don't want them to get dropped. Tip well. Uh, all right. Here's a tip. Here's a tip for Americans. We gotta tell Obama no more refugees. But what can we do uh, to keep him when you have a president that's just dropping them in and not telling anybody? You know who I got a problem with, and I know that some. Uh, I know that some of my Catholic friends are going to be upset hearing me say this. One of the problems that I have with this refugee situation is, is I have a problem with, you know, organizations like Catholic Charities 
um, being so politically active in terms of pushing for illegal immigrants and refugees coming here. Um, I know that it might be with good intentions, but I think, you know, sometimes you got to look at the bigger picture and see, you know, what am I getting involved in something that's it's possibly hurting my country in the long run? Um, you know, how come, how come these different organizations, and it's not just Catholic Charities, that's just the only one I can think of right now, are they insisting that Christians be brought here? Are they saying, you know what, yeah, I'll, I'll help out here with the government with, with um, helping to provide food and clothing for, you know, these refugees, but I want the Christians brought here too. You know, if you're going to get involved in politics, you know, and then I kind of got to say to myself, look, why are they being allowed to be sanctuary organizations here? If federal law says... You know, because, you know, that's a huge part of, and you might say, well, it's not really the same thing because these are refugees being brought here by our government. But in sanctuary cities like in L.A. and in San Francisco, these um, religious charity organizations that have partnered with local governments that are providing food and services and, and, and uh, to illegals that are here under the sanctuary cities, then to me, they're complicit with violating federal law. And, you know, they're sanctuary organizations. And I got a little bit of a problem with that because it's hurting us all in the long run. And I'm not really sure. I mean, do you agree with me, Todd? I mean, do you, does more, where's the moral line in terms of drawing the line and saying what's, what's more immoral or what's more moral? Helping people that should not be here because they're here illegally. And in doing so, I could end up contributing to a Kate Steinle situation. Or is the moral thing to do is to, to, to obey the law? That's, that's the million dollar question. Well, we're going to let everybody ponder that while we take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to do the final home stretch of the Andrea K show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. On down the line, won't you please take my car. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. Let me tell you a little secret, guys. CrazyPriceMall.com. It's online shopping. I hate going to the mall. I like things shipped to me. I like to buy it when I want to buy it. I might want to sit around in my shorts or skivvies. You can't ever tell. But that's what Crazy Price Mall allows me to do. I need to buy a gift, and it solved my problem. That's CrazyPriceMall.com. All items are 50% plus off. Anywhere from restaurants to jewelry to you name it. You know what? One more thing you'll find on CrazyPriceMall.com. That's where we put our half-price tuitions. I've told you about it before. Quality Christian education's half-price. Just check out CrazyPriceMall.com. New items are listed every week, so you want to go back very often. Now get your items first before you tell your friends about it, or they'll beat you to it. That's CrazyPriceMall.com. 
Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors License 657-333. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I just had a chance to look down at Facebook to look at some comments, and I didn't see what people were saying they were thankful for. I'm seeing lots of comments here um, that have to do with SeaWorld and... Um, Basically, it looks like the consensus is, Todd, that we should be freeing the whales, that they really are too big to be in the kind of the small space that they're in. And, yeah, that was a little hard to watch in, in the documentary. I agree with that. Um, David wants to know if you have an Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song on hand. Oh, I love that. Uh, he did a great one for Thanksgiving, too. If we can play just This is for you, David. We're going to play a little bit of the Hanukkah song. Oh, Hanukkah? It's good. I thought he said Thanksgiving song. Like well, let's play both. It's to eat. So good. <laughs> I love that. No, that David. David's from Israel, so he was wondering if he had the Hanukkah song. Did, you don't remember the Hanukkah song that he did, Todd? He lists out all the people who were Jewish, including like Goldie Hawn. That's for you, David. Love you. Thanks so much for always listening in. Um, Let me read a couple of the other uh, comments here. Oh, Charles has a good comment. He says, Obama was actively denying Christian refugees from entering while inviting the Muslims. And then he turns around and accuses the Republicans for wanting to deny Muslims in favor of Christians. It's always a double standard. It's always, you know, projection. Whatever whatever the Democrats are accusing the Republicans of, it's what they're doing. It's a really kind of classic, you know, narcissist kind of move. Um, Peggy says kids from Philly have never seen a pig or a farm and go wild when they come to the country. Um, I bet I actually, you know, I spent a lot of my time when I was a little girl. Um, mama grew up on a, on a dairy farm, which was located just on the other side of Honey Island Swamp, kind of like on the Mississippi, Louisiana line. And I used to love my brother and I would go and sit and there was a Brahma bull in a neighboring property and we just would sit on the fence and watch this bull like forever because we were just fascinated by it so yeah kids do love farms and animals and um those were good times when i was a kid but i'm a city girl what was it called honey mill swamp honey island swamp you never heard of it it, it, leonard nimoy had a tv show in the 70s and it was called in search of oh yeah and that's where bigfoot (laughs) true story google it my friends honey island swamp on the other side of slidell um, uh, David says, uh, awesome. So he's happy that we play this song before I got to go. We've only got a few minutes left. I got to get to some of my other topics. Um, there is an international travel warning. So I, if I were an American right now, I'm not sure there's certainly some places I wouldn't be traveling to, but I'm not sure how much I would restrict myself over the holidays. I'm actually going to take a little vacation the week of Christmas and, um, 
and I'm just going to go and enjoy myself. I'm not going to like not do what I would want to do in life. If going to the Macy's Thanksgiving, seeing balloons go down the street ain't my thing. But if I lived in New York and I wanted to go, I'd go. I would not stay at home and not go. Because you know what? It's not for us to decide. or We have no way of knowing when our time is. So you might as well just go and enjoy life. Plus the apartment's really small in New York. Yeah, you got to get out of the mm. house, right? Um, uh, thanks to Timothy Shea, he's forwarded a couple articles uh, to me today. Um, the surge in illegal immigration is up. Well, I guess so, since President Obama's basically said, hey, come on over. You know, we'll, we'll give you all kinds of goods, goods and services. Meanwhile... Um, one of the things that the Republicans need to do better in dealing with the refugee situation is talking not just about the threat that we face, but also the economics of it. We need to be taking care of the lives of our veterans who've, who've literally put their lives on the line for us before we bring any illegal. He want, they want to talk about the humanity of refugees fa- and, and, and the threats that they face over there and that they, they might die over there in battle. What do you think are veterans? And they, they go over there and risk their lives for us and they come back, you know, either suffering from PTSD or have physical injuries. And we're not taking care of them, but we're supposed to we're supposed to abandon our military in favor of these men who should be over there fighting their own battles. No, we're supposed to bring them here and put a roof over their head and food and give them clothing and education and, um, you know, medical care for Quite a quite a long period of time while our veterans sleep on the streets. The Republican Party really should be talking more about that and getting into those economic issues. Um, the Redskins. We talked about football a little bit earlier. The left is still pushing uh, the Redskins as a racist narrative. It's like Timothy Shea was saying earlier on the show. We've been talking about this identity politics. It's all about meant to divide us, bullying with the war on women, the war on brown people. You know, now it's the war on Indians with the Redskins. Um, even though, as he correctly points out, the Redskins, I mean, it was, the logo was designed by the Blackfoot Nation. I did not know that. I am part American Indian. I don't think of myself as an Indian, though. I think of myself as an American. I do not, I don't identify with anything of my ancestry. Because, you know what, I was born here. So I don't really care what percentage of me is Irish, what percentage of me is American Indian. It doesn't matter to me. I'm an American. And so, you know, I, I hear, I see this guy on Fox News talking about how, you know, they need to pull the name off of a building because it's somebody whose ancestors owned slaves back in 1860 and the college students shouldn't have to go to school there because it, it'll upset them. And I'm thinking, I didn't even know that person's ancestors owned slaves. There's no kid in that school who was owned by a slave. There's no kid going to college right now whose parents were owned by slaves. You know, if they're upset about it, it's because you're telling them to get upset about it. If there's any American Indians right now who are upset over the Redskin name, I'm an American Indian and I'm telling you to knock it off, okay? You probably didn't even know anything about it or weren't paying any attention about it until somebody told you to be upset about it. Just like the Confederate flag. It's ridiculous. Suddenly Dukes of Hazzard's got to come off the air. It's ridiculous. It's the same thing. Um... So there's an article, I guess, in the Washington Times about um, um, the Labor Department throws a football party but bans the names of the Redskins. Um, it's just more nonsense. Good grief. I mean, we've got people coming here who want to cut our heads off, and this is what our, our government's worried about, the name of a, of a football team. And it's like, who even pays attention to the Redskins? Are they even having a winning season? No, I don't think they're doing very well. What happened to RG3, by the way? They they benched uh, that Robert Griffin, and it's been Kirk Cousins playing since. Oh, that's right, Kirk Cousins. Well, all right. So in the few minutes we have left, I want to read a few more articles. 
Um, so I reached out to Donna, who was at the Trump um, rally, and asked her if, if Trump talked about anything involving economics or Obamacare. She says all he said was Obamacare will be gone. That's it. He's got to get into some more specifics. As we get as we get rolling on down, one of the things, big mistake that Romney made was he said on day one, I'll repeal Obamacare, but never said what he would what he would repeal it with and what he would replace it with. And that was really a critical error on the part because you've got to present a clear option for the American people. And it's got to be one that's explained simply and easily and persuasively. What are you going to do better for people? The issue for health care and insurance has not gone away. It's gotten worse. Now people who were spending $400 a month on for insurance premiums for their family are spending $2,000 a month for insurance premiums, and their deductibles have tripled. How are you going to solve that, Trump? We know you understand. We know you understand how to build, build, build buildings and do real estate. What are you going to do with Obamacare? Got two minutes left. Got to remind everybody tomorrow night I'm going to be on the Craig Sewing Show. That's at 6, at 6 p.m. Pacific time. El Hoff and I are taking over the Craig Sewing Show, and we are going to be talking to, um, a, I wouldn't say he's a hero of mine, but somebody I admire so much and really and, and think a lot of, and that's David Limbaugh. He's written a book called The Emmaus Code. And really what this book is about is it's about saying that, that, um, that Jesus is in, in the the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And it's really interesting in, in terms of um, some insights into the Old Testament that he, as a Christian, I really hadn't thought of before. We tend to think of it as two separate books. I think it's just a great story going into Christmas. It's a great time to be thinking about this book. And I'm also going to pick his brain about uh, hot topics going on politically. Um I just got to say thank you again as I'm going into Thanksgiving. This is my last Andrea K. show before that. I want to thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart for being so supportive of me and being such great friends of me and of the show. And that's what I'm most thankful for is you all out there, all of my friends on Facebook, all of my friends on Twitter, those of you who message me and tell me all the time that you think I'm doing a good job or you also give me suggestions on how I could do it better. The fact that any of you take time to listen to my show and to be a friend to me means more to me than I can truly express to you. I am so grateful and thankful to have you all in my life. And I look forward to keeping it rolling next Monday night, 8 o'clock, right here on AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ. Have a wonderful, very, very happy Thanksgiving. Love you all. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K.